People deluded, I'm back again. I had him a year ago. It's almost a year to the day. It's only right with it being the end of the season. I got Mr. Adrian Clark on. How are you doing, my friend? Are you all good and safe? I'm all right. I'm all right. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, no, nice to be back. Um, nice little intro there. I like it. Nice your backdrop as well. With a, Appreciate with that. Change. I'm in the best place I could be, man. It's a the shame. New change the rooms looking, looking smooth, mate. Yeah, all good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, as I kind of said um, before I got you on here, you know, with it being the end of the season, it was only right, you know, for me to pick your brains on how the season went, the highs, the lows and just everything Arsenal, really. Mm -hmm. So let's get into it. I want to start off. What's your thoughts on the season now that you've had time to digest everything? You know, it feels like August against Brentford was last week, really. And we've been through a lot of good and bad highs and lows, mate. Yeah, exactly that, really. I think we've ended up in the position that I thought we'd end up in. I, I think that fifth was about par for the team. Considering where we come from, we had some really disappointing yeah. seasons. And the, the, it was a rebuild. We had a lot of new players. And I, I thought... Do you know what? I thought that it would be Manchester United that maybe pipped us to, to fourth rather than Tottenham. I thought we might finish ahead of them this season. So that's a disappointment, Very clearly, for everyone of Aguna persuasion. But but in general, I think despite the, the, the tail off towards the end, fifth is about where I expected the team to be. We grew, no doubt about that. We did improve in lots and lots of areas. The young players came on, uh, came Thanks. on a bundle. I thought the new signings from last summer were, were by and large very good, and the team were playing better, more exciting football, creating more chances. So there's lots to be positive about. But look, when you're in the position <laughs> needing one win from the last, you know, um, two well, two of the last three games to to, to yeah. get Champions League, and you don't get it. It hurts, doesn't it? So yeah, I'm I'm as disappointed as everybody else, and and you know I feel flat about it. But the bigger picture is that we improved, and and that's a step, right? I mean, you've touched on the right areas that I'm gonna uh, pick pick apart even more. You mentioned positives. Um, what specific positives have you seen? Because you kind you kind of mentioned it. You know, an obvious one has been the young players. You know, Saka and Smithrow have you know for the large part of the season somewhat carried the team. Ramsdale is not much older than them. It's been a breath of fresh air. The atmosphere, I feel, in and around the club has been amazing. So what positives are there for those who may not know what you're referring to? Good shouts, yeah. I, I was starting with the, the the atmosphere inside the ground. I mean, you'll have felt it yourself. It's, right. I know that we're all back in the grounds this season. We'd had, we'd had a while away for obvious reasons, but I just think the atmosphere was the best it's been for for many many years. Yeah, absolutely no no poison no poison in inside the ground. It was it was everyone was behind the team. Then the connection between the players and the and the fans has been the best. I think since since I've started to come back and work at Arsenal, which is a long time now, you know, well over a decade. So yeah, the the atmosphere has been great. But the reason behind that is that I think that. The young players are popular with the supporters. They can identify with them. Um, they're young, hungry, exciting. They're improving. Um, yeah. I mean, the stats bear, bear out the fact that we're better going forward. I think in in, in terms of open play chances created, it's like over. It's around about hundred extra chances that we've created. Wow. It's it's a lot. We're having a lot more shots in general than we did previously, where we were we laboured. Just didn't we? do that simply, yeah. We laboured during the lockdown pandemic. We didn't score anywhere near, 
enough goals. We didn't create enough chances. To be honest, I still think that we need to create more. Uh, we need to f- score more goals. Amen but the actual that. creativity was much, much better. And I think Erdegaard made a big difference there. Settled in fantastically. Improved from his loan spell. I, hand on heart, this time last year, I was on the fence in terms of whether we should pursue Martin Erdegaard. We were linked with a lot, lot of other names as well. He hadn't grabbed grab games by the scruff of the neck yeah. and, and, and dominated in the way that I wanted him to. But this season, he did it. Uh, and, and look, I think we had Erdegaard and Saka inside the top five for chances created. I love in the their Premier one League between season. each other. Exactly. So we had two guys in the top five of the whole Premier League for chance creation, which I think, you know, speaks volumes. So, so that's a big positive. Um, yeah, I, I mean, there are lots, but there are also areas that obviously we, we, we need to improve. I think most of the positives are around Saka, Erdegaard, um, Smith Rowe, etc. And, and, and I do think actually as well that Mikel Arteta, even though he didn't have the perfect season, you know, what managers do, and I think he's made mistakes along the way, but I think that he improved as well a little bit. It wasn't perfect, but um, I think that he his style of football came through a little bit better and I think we played faster, more fluid football. There's, room, there's scope for better, we know that, but I think that, that he made a step forward too. What would you say his football, obviously comparing it for when he first walked into mm. now, what would you say his, because you kind of alluded to it, like, mm. is what is his style? I think I can kind of guess it's attacking football, hungry yeah. football and things like that. But what would you say? Is? I think the, the quality of the, the pass and move football improved, definitely. I think we were too, we played before, we played slowly, um, pretty patterns. We didn't, we weren't incisive. We it's didn't have that didn't penetration. Have that edge, yeah. We didn't have the penetration before. And that's what we've got this season. Now, part of that is down to, to the pace and the excellence of players like Saka, Martinelli, and the vision of Erdegaard to play those passes in behind. So, so a lot of the credit goes to the players. But I think the, the quality of the football, obviously his coaching has, has rubbed off on the players. And everyone's just a little bit more comfortable, a bit more natural in the way that they, they play on the ball. Um, we're good on the counter. I think we've we've known that for a long, long time. We've scored some really good goals, I think, on transitions and moves that started with Ramsdale. But we need more of the ball. We need more of the ball. We need to pin teams in and for sustained. How would we do that? Well, we I, I want us to have a bit more confidence on the ball. I, I think that we're at the moment we we're, we're at our best when the other team have it, and then yeah. when we steal it off them, and um, and that's fine. And that's kind of on trend. A lot of teams do that. But I want us to be as dangerous when we have the ball. And I think that we're getting there. But that is a big area where we can improve. I want us to have 55, 60% of the possession. Because if we've got the ball, then other teams can't hurt us. And, and I, I want agree. us to control our own sort of destiny a bit more. Now, I don't want 60% possession just for the sake of it. I want us to, when we've got that possession, to really go at teams and pin them in for 10 minutes, 15 minutes and just bombard them with chances and, uh, you know, like and Liverpool do, like, and things like, like City that. do, like the very best teams do. Um, I feel that we don't do that well enough. And and I think that we're getting a squad together now where we can control games and, and, and do that. But uh, it's a work in progress. I think we can all see that. 
with what you just said, would you pull it down to experience? Because as I don't like to keep um, like waffling about the youth and, and being young and things like that, because I think you're old enough to watch one game and realise uh, uh, some, some similar themes that you're doing. I, I, there's been times where we've kind of taken the lead, you know, the sun's shining, the fans are making noise, we, we we're playing well. And it's almost like, I don't want to quite say complacency or that we assume the job's done, but it's almost like we're still in first and second gear. And you, you, you eloquently put it earlier with teams like Liverpool and City, they smell blood and going for the kill and literally don't give you a chance. So what would you put that down to? Is that down to youth? Is it down to natural youthful naivety? Or is it just because we kind of haven't been in that territory yet, so we don't kind of understand to be kids? Yeah, I think, we, yeah, it's, it's a mixture of all of those things. This, this is a new team, isn't it, that's learning about what works yeah. for them. It, because the, the, most of this group weren't here three years ago. So they, they've been learning together under the coach and, and they're working out what the best style of football is. And I think I think it helps as well with the, the central midfield. I think that was a, obviously an issue at times this season. I thought that Partey and Xhaka were really good for yeah. a spell, weren't they? Excellent. Yeah, you're right. Um, but then, of course, Partey got injured and I think that was a bit of an issue. Um, so I think if you've got two guys in there that are, or three guys in there that are really able to control matches, that that helps. And the passing from back to front as well, you know, it will get better. I'm sure it, it, it was OK last season, but I think it will get better. And it's having that platform as well. Obviously, with La Alexander Lacazette, um, he was up and down with his form, didn't score enough goals. Then we had Eddie Nketiah come in, who's, who offered something different bit of pace in behind could hold it as well but he's a work in progress he's someone that can shine at Premier League level but Rough is he, the is he top end he's not Harry Kane he's not Cristiano Ronaldo he's not you know a lot of these That's guys that, that are proven so I think having a having a, a, a real frontline quality striker will certainly help us establish our position inside the opposition half where we can really play off them and and whatnot moving forward. So yeah, it's um, it, it will come. I'm sure of it, but I, th I do honestly, I'd really feel, especially in against the better teams, we have to assert ourselves for longer spells and not absorb as much pressure because you're asking for a little bit of trouble, aren't you? If, you, if you're having to spend a lot of the time without the ball. Like you said, <clears throat> you're <clears throat> pardon me. Sorry. You're inviting a lot of pressure if you haven't got the ball. You mentioned it kind of with midfield. Do you feel we kind of need to bring in new midfielders? Because as you kind of said, as mm -hmm. much as I love Thomas Partey, take nothing away from it. Mm -hmm. We've kind of seen the themes in that. He had a good season. He kind of got injured. Um, I've got a lot of appreciation for Xhaka. I feel he's, you know, it's, it's a very delicate situation. But I feel him and the fans have kind of made peace. Yeah. I feel he had a, dis a decent season, but it's kind of... What you see is what you get. He's not. He's a good player. He's not exactly that sort of level. And as you know better than me, whether you're going to be on the front foot, whether you've got physically imposing players, you kind of need to do a bit more in midfield. And that's one thing I feel. I feel our pivot, it, I don't really know what it is sort of thing. So do you think it's more of a coaching thing or do you think it's personnel or is it a bit of the two? I think I think it's personnel. We need more players. <laughs> oh, yeah, line. you're right. I mean, that much is obvious. We, we stretched ourselves way too thin in January and, and it cost us when injuries injuries hurt. You know, the club gambled on on getting through to the top four with a small group and we almost did it, but we but we didn't make it. And yeah, yeah, I think that we saw for a period, didn't we, with Partey at the base and then we had Xhaka and Erdegaard sort of to the left and the right of him as more box-to-box -box guys. I think that is what Mikel Arteta wants. 
I think that's the shape that he that that that, that he plans to use moving forwards. Now, Partey, I think, will stay in that position. Erdegaard will stay in that position to the right. It's the Granit Xhaka role, it's I Granit think. Granit Xhaka, yeah. Yeah, he was a little bit like a fish out of water there. He didn't suit him. So I think that's why we're in the market for a box-to-box goal-scoring midfielder that can also dig in and, and defend. Um, it might be the case that Xhaka competes with Thomas Partey for a position moving forward. I don't, I don't know. We'll have, to, we'll have to wait and see. But I definitely think that that is the way we want to go. When Partey got injured, I don't think the manager really um, wanted to use Granite Xhaka or El Nenny solely in that position. We just paired them and used used Erdegaard in, in front. And, and that's fine. It's a, it's a good option. But yeah, moving forward, I, I think at least one new midfielder has to come in, maybe two this summer to to supplement that, that engine room. I kind of want to stay on the topic of midfield. Um, obviously, because you're the man who does the breakdowns. Earlier in this, I wouldn't say so much towards the end of the season, but there was a period where Xhaka, as you kind of alluded to, for me, was playing more like a number eight kind of flying forward. I think that kind of harmed us at Crystal Palace away. What have you made of him? And what have you made of Odegaard? Because as you said, I'm sure every Arsenal fan might not have been convinced by him, mm. but I think he's really settled down his roots. I think physically he can impose himself a bit more. He's mm. only got seven goals in the Prem. I say only because I think he could do a lot more and I don't think he's quite at the Santi Cazola stage but I feel you could run the game for us in that midfield in this in his own sort of way so what have yeah, you made which, of them two? Yeah which is why I think the three having having more of a three might be the way forward um, for us because he can definitely play that deeper Cazola role I wouldn't want him on the ball that often around halfway I want him inside the opposition half I love yeah. the combination that he had with Saka they had a really good thing going on um, where he would obviously drift right, a little bit like Ozil used to, and 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 link up with the right winger, which is Saka. So and and they, I think they're they're dynamite together. I don't want to split underrated them up. partnership, mate. Yeah, exactly. It's about partnerships on the pitch, and it's so much about partnerships, which is why the injuries killed us. Because you know, Tierney, for example, had a good partnership with you know Gabriel on his inside, and 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 the, whether it's Smith Rowe and Martinelli ahead. And then that gets taken away and, and it, it matters. It really does. So, no, Erdogan's been great. I like his work rate as well. He's very he's underrated covered, aspect, yeah. Covered more distance, I think, than anyone else. He put pressure on opposition defenders. So, if we're going to be a pressing team, and I always think we're better when we press, then yeah, Erdogan is often the spark, isn't he? And and so, I think he's a he's kind of a must-pick now. He, he He's established himself along with Saka as players that, that have to play, really. Have to so, start, yeah. Yeah, with Xhaka, I think he's had a good season. I think he's people are starting to appreciate what he brings more. Um, you know, those, those forward passes are good. He, you know, he's an excellent distributor. He really is. It, my only issue with... I have two issues with Granite Xhaka in terms of, you know, reasons to, to maybe move away from him moving forward. One is mobility. Amen. He doesn't get around the pitch as well as younger, uh, more athletic central midfielders. He's a little bit slow. And... Um, and and the other one is that the on occasion he'll switch off. He'll just make the, he, he can do nine out of ten things brilliantly, That's, and he does. But that one thing out of ten where he switches off, lets yeah. his man go, does something daft, costs us goals. So so yeah, I think I think he's still a, still an important member of the team, but of the squad, but. Yeah, I, I I don't know. Who knows? Every manager loves Granite Jack. There's to be a reason for that as well. It has to be. 
they always pick him. So I don't know what the future holds for him, I, I, honestly. But what I do know is that we need more numbers in there. Obviously, we let Guendouzi go, really. We've let Torreira go, in effect. I think I think that we need to replace those two with two new newbies, in my opinion. What have you made of... Um, obviously, there hasn't been too many players around, but the guys that have been there, I do think there was occasions where the squad players stepped in. We probably over-relied on, on their purple patches and the feel-good factor yeah. a bit too yeah. much. Almost a forgotten man. What have you made of Lukonga? Because going back to the summer, a lot of people, including myself, very excited. You know, he could play as an eight, play as a six. I personally think his future is more aligned to that of Thomas Partey's. Um, he's learning a lot of trades. What have you made of, 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 uh, of the squad players? And I'd throw yeah, Tavari into there as well. Yeah, I'll start with Lekonga. I think Lekonga has done well. I, I, I've been pretty impressed with him, really confident. I think his passing is excellent, especially those longer switches of play. Um, he's got a lot to offer. I think it was the physicality of the Premier League. He yeah, just needs to get shock. used to it. just needs to get used to it. Gets sort of, I think sometimes he wanted a bit too much time on the ball yeah. and defend, you know, opposition midfielders would close him down. I think we saw that at Brighton. In particular, he yeah, struggled. yeah, a tough game at Brighton. Yeah, yeah he really Brighton struggled. But, but it was interesting in a way that Mikhail lost a little bit of confidence in him by going with El Nini ahead of him. That was a bit of a surprise, but it kind of worked towards the end of the season. You can't say that was the wrong call. It was probably yeah, the yeah. right one. But yeah, no, Lukonga's in the mix for sure. Um, yeah, it just depends. I think, yeah, I agree with you. I think he's more of the parte understudy in my opinion, someone that will get the ball off the back four and spray it around and and, and maybe also drive through because yeah. Partey does that, doesn't he? If gaps open up, if, you know, if you've got the deep line midfielder that gets it, looks up, often our other two midfielders, if we're playing that way, push on higher and wider and it leaves space. There's space in behind, the space everywhere. That's yeah, how you exactly. pick apart a team in a formation. Exactly. And, break down and, low and I think yeah. I think that Partey was either can drive through those gaps himself or play balls into the centre forward. And I think Lukonga can do the same thing. Tavares, um, I'm not a fan of him defensively. I think, I think he's got a lot, of work to do, a lot of work to do defensively. He's very, very raw. Um, obviously, quick. That's a great asset. But I think there's, there's a lot of work to be done there. Holding came in and did okay, didn't he? he, very, he by and large, was very good. But then yeah. he had a bad game against Son. Spurs, yeah. I think I think on reflection, maybe it was a, it was a bad idea to put him on the right there where, where Son was. Maybe we could have had him in the middle of a back three. I was protect, thinking the same thing. Protected him and, and maybe used Tommy Asu in, in that sort of right side centre half role against against um against Son. So yeah. Um but look he's he's a good lad and great in the dressing room and, and an excellent backup centre half. So yeah. you know um so he's he's done all right. And with Eddie and Ketia came in and he couldn't have done better really could he he proved a lot of people wrong. And um yeah be interesting to see what happens in the coming weeks. What have you made of Tommy Asu and Ramsdale? Because for me, they've been a breath of fresh air. I feel last summer, um, obviously hindsight's a wonderful thing, but I think it was a good window in that you can't really, if you speak mm. to 10 Arsenal fans, they're all going to say different for their player of the season or their signing of the season. Mm. I mean, it's easy to fall in love with Ramsdale from a yeah. footballing sense, larger than life character yeah. uh, Tommy Asu it's just nice to have someone reliable we haven't had someone like that in my opinion since Sagner so where are you at with them two yeah big fans yeah Ramsdale love him I love his distribution as much as his goalkeeping I mean the way that he fizzes the ball into midfielders is great he tailed off I think that his form yeah, yeah. in the first half of the season he was the best goalie in the Premier League hands down he was unbelievable every week he had a great yeah. save uh, match on match of the day. he levelled off 
Um, and and towards the end, you know, other goalkeepers did overtake him, you know, the likes of Allison and and whatnot. They they stood out, didn't they, in the second half of the season? Yeah. But um, yeah, I think he's a really good keeper. Um, we have got a good one there. And Tommy Asu, yeah, great right back, can play centre half, can play left back. So really, really useful player, good in the air. Um, yeah. I just want him to be fit. He played less than half the games. That's, Amen. That's and it's almost problem. a shock to hear that, you know. I don't. You, we almost don't know what happened with him and the injuries. Yeah, we had we we had to use Cedric more than we we used Tomiyasu. So wow. And so that that I think definitely hurt us. And I'm not having to go at Cedric. He's you know he's a decent enough player, but he's not as strong You're as Tomiyasu defensively. So um, yeah, I just I just really really hope that he can you know produce or appear in sort of 30-plus Premier League starts next season. If he does, that makes a real difference to us, no doubt about it. You mentioned Ramsdale tailed off. What do you put that down to? Because I think it's a, it's almost because they're young. He's a 23-year-old keeper. Um, and there's been a, there's been several players a bit like that. I'd say even Saka's got us... Well, he, he kind of fell off towards May, where literally the season's done, take yeah. nothing away from Saka. But I think there's a few players. Is it down to, obviously, a bit like the fans feeling a bit sorry for ourselves because miss opportunities are top four. Is it an experience thing? What would you pull it down to, Adrian? I think, yeah, mentally you mature, don't you, as you get older in life, yeah. in just in everything that you do. And right. I think things can affect you a bit more when you're younger. The fearlessness is a great thing that young players have, and this group have got it. But I think mental fatigue is definitely a thing. And yeah. if you're not used to playing 30-odd games in front of huge packed-out stadiums, and remember... A lot of these young players emerged in empty stadiums. So yeah, that's a great new, point, actually. Kind of really. new for them. You know, the, the mental pressure. And I also think the pressure on young players these days, full stop because of social media, the spotlight, TV, global audiences. You know, everyone is assessing everything you do. Micromanaging everything. Yeah, it's mad. Yeah. And, and and I think being a young player, that's a tough. That's tough to handle. Um, and, and uh, yeah, I think it was probably inevitable that, that a bit of mental fatigue would would set in towards the end of the campaign because there's so much pressure on them and and you can't keep delivering you can't Facts. unfortunately Facts. um when you get to your mid 20s i think there's an expectation that you can keep delivering and and i think that they they did by and large an amazing job of maintaining their form i can't ask but, anything more from them you're right yeah exactly so it it happens and and also like it happened to me yeah, even though in a shorter sort of um, spell when I was in the first team, initially you're just so much adrenaline, you're just so excited to be there and you're just, you're loving it. And then suddenly you might have a setback. You might have one game where you weren't that good. And it's like, can you bounce back from that? And maybe that's what happened with Ramsdale. You made one or two mistakes and, and it maybe impacted that unbelievable confidence that he had at the start. And maybe he was second guessing himself a little bit towards the end of the season. But again, that, with maturity, he'll improve in, in that area. What do you make of Ben White? Because I almost forgot to mention him. You know, he cost 50 million. I feel you can see a bit like Ramsdale. I mean, it's good talent ID because yeah. obviously Ramsdale's a good goalie, but you mentioned it specifically playing out from the back. I didn't have him down as one of the best ball-playing keepers in the league. Arteta did, thankfully. We're laughing. Yeah, what have yeah. you made of Ben White? Because I think the jury's still out defensively on him for as good as he is on the ball. But I like his addition and his versatility. And Definitely. I can kind of see why we Good player, very good player. I, I think his passing's good. He's got that ability to play the longer passes down the channels, yeah. switches of play. And when he's not there, you notice it. Because 
Just think about Liverpool with Van Dijk. I'm not saying he's like Van Dijk. Van Dijk's obviously world class. Why isn't yet? But but Van Dijk Van Dijk's long range passing gets Liverpool's forward players on the ball yeah. earlier with space to run at defenders. Ben White does the same for Arsenal. So hey, man. I think I think he's a really important player. What he might face next season is stiff competition with Saliba. We don't know what's going to happen there, but Saliba kind of plays in that position, doesn't he? So fascinating to see who wins that battle. I think White yeah. will initially start the season. Yeah, Saliba should be third choice. In my but, opinion, that's how I start, yeah. Yeah, but but yeah, if there's any dip in form, you've got a real quality young player ready to step in there. So um so, but that's good. We we want that, don't we? We want competition. I, I, Why I does want it? Want yeah, because it drives them on. Saka, Martinelli, Erdogan, Smith Rowe—they're pushing each other. We need that sort of competition in other other areas of the pitch. What have you made of Smith Rowe? Because I feel like I've almost forgotten about him in this conversation. I, I love what he's done. Obviously, I, I have his kind of tail off of the season because really it's his first real season with any real expectation. I feel he had some injuries. I think, but. Injuries, loss of form, players playing well kind of made he, made him become a bit part player. It's difficult to keep your consistency. Mm. Um, for, would have thought he'd had more more assists, but ten goals. I, I can't ask anything more from our number ten. It's only up for me, really. Yeah, yeah, he made a big step forward. First half of the season, outstanding. Yeah, he lost his form. He had COVID, didn't he? he didn't maybe recover yeah, yeah. from that well, and you know as well as some other players do. I don't know. Um, stiff competition with obviously. Erdegaard's kind of made that floating 10 position his own. His own, which, yeah. Which means that he's sort of in competition with Martinelli and they're two good options, aren't they? And I think it's like horses for courses approach from Arteta. Some games you want someone like Smith-Rowe will travel with the ball and sort of be that inverted wide yeah. guy. Like and a then you've got, Yeah, and, and Martinelli, I think, is, is more of the sort of running behind when you got up against a team that plays a higher line, you want maybe Martinelli. I also think when you've got a Tini or Tavares flying around the outside, Martinelli can join in as a second centre forward. Yeah. Um, but but you know, so that maybe gives him the edge. But but that said, you look at the stats, Smith Rowe's finishing was better than Martinelli's last season. Um, much more clinical. Actually, he was the most clinical player of all Arsenal's forwards uh, in the season just gone. And they could still improve, which is amazing. And and that is a big issue, by the way. And I, I think that I talked up the way that we're creating chances. That's that's heading in absolutely the right direction. But our finishing let us down. I think chance conversion rate was was mid table. Not good enough, is it? Really? Well, it was. It was in terms of you look at the table. We were around the middle, maybe just below middle. Whereas Tottenham, who you know aren't that great a side in my opinion, yeah, right at the top two, there two with quality players at the top. Yeah, so right at the top really. end of the pitch. So that's that's why we need you know two new strikers in the building. They're going to be a little bit more lethal than what we've we've been in the last few years. You mentioned two strikers. Now, obviously, you kind of alluded to it earlier. Eddie and has, you know, got an opportunity and kind of made it. He's almost had two seasons in one. I think he had one where he's a bit part player, then obviously where he's starting and games he didn't score. He, he played quite well. Do you think we go for two two strikers now with Eddie and Ketia's emergence and reports that he signs a new deal? Is it is it feasible for us Arsenal fans to expect Eddie to be there, two new forwards? And you know whatever else we're going to do, or is it, it would one be good for Eddie? Would it? I mean, yeah, it's. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I'm a little bit surprised. I'm not saying that, that that we should let Eddie go, but I'm a little bit surprised that you know the the, the lengths Arsenal are going to 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 keep him at the club because 
I would have expected us to bring in two strikers, maybe ahead of him in the pecking yeah, order. So it's it's an indication maybe that we might just have one. I don't I don't know. I don't know what the what the story is going to be. Eddie couldn't have done any better, um, but I just think that that where we are, we could do with we need more front men. We need more goal scorers. Um, I would absolutely like to see us sign two. You know, That's one one around one in their early twenties, someone emerging. Uh, and one absolute proven player that's sort of coming into their peak years, you know, 24, 25, 26. So that's what I think we need. And I hope we go out and get it. Um, if Eddie does sign and stays and competes with the two new signings, they're all sort of level playing field, so to speak. Fair play. Um, but hand on heart, if the names that we're being linked with come then I would see Eddie below them in the pecking order. So, so yeah, fascinating, you know, a few, few weeks and months ahead. Obviously, we've been, you mentioned names, you know, it's only, again, you know, names are another thing, as you mentioned in the paper. If there was a name, who would you, who would you want to, to play through that, play through the middle? Oh, yeah, it's, it is hard. <laughs> I mean, I, I think if the reports linking us with Gabriel Jesus are correct, absolutely wouldn't be against that. Again, he can play. Wide as That'd well. Be an amazing option for us, really. Yeah, exactly. Do everything. He, I think he proved at the end of last season for Manchester City that that he's that he's a he's a finisher. I know that his goal output, his numbers aren't fantastic, um, in terms of the stats, but I think he's a good player. I really do. I think he's an excellent player. Great movement, good touch, can hold it. Press as well. Yeah, he presses brilliantly, and that's such an important part of, of what we're about moving forward. So, yeah, he would be great. Um, who else has been linked? You'll have to chuck some names at me. I mean, I, I mean, I'm, Toro Martinez, Darwin Nunes, Osimhen. Uh, yeah, I mean, all of, those very, all of those are very good. I, I, th- I haven't seen all of them that much because I just don't have enough time to watch European football in, in great detail. But, I, you know, Makes I know Osimhen's got a good physical presence um, and, and he's, yeah excellent goal record, you know, young player of the year in Serie A. I mean, he would be a coup, wouldn't he, to get. I sense Darwin Nunes is going to chase the riches on offer yeah, at yeah. other clubs. So we maybe could dismiss him. Um, the um, Calvert-Lewin is an interesting one, isn't he? Because he didn't have a good season by his standards. Yeah, yeah. I, I see a real player in there. I see someone who's big, real threat in the air. He was talking about the last day of the season. He's got more to his game than many people give him credit for, really. Yeah, he, I thought he did okay. I mean, in a shocking Everton team, you know, it's probably, you couldn't expect too much. What he's got, he's got, he's got real pace, by the way. He's got, yeah, he's, yeah. he's very, very quick, deceptively so. He scores a lot of headers. He holds the ball, links it. He's got good movements. We saw with that assist for the, uh, for the goal that Everton scored in that, that last day. I think he's. I think he's a really good player, but it it would represent a gamble, wouldn't it? Because he's yeah. he, he would come to us on the back of a pretty mediocre season, ravaged by injury. So and yeah, interesting player, options. Um, yeah, I, I'm sure the club have got plenty of irons in the fire. He's not a striker, and I don't think we're going to get him. But I mean, we've been linked with transfers. I mean, what would it mean for Gnabry for you to, oh. to return home, man? What a signing that would be! Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm excited by that. When I see the name linked, I, I think that's perfect as well. I mean, if Arsenal were to sign Gabriel Jesus and Serge Gnabry, wow, it, yeah, I, that would be an absolute game changer. Serge Gnabry can play obviously up front, it's kind of almost where he is now, but again, those two. 
you could play split strikers, can you? If you had those two, yeah, even that. Um, it, it, yeah, very, very exciting. It's, it's maybe asking too much, given that we haven't got Champions League football to get both. But yeah, I always liked him. I thought when he was at Arsenal coming through, yeah, he, was, he was a real talent. He just got injured at the wrong time. He was out, and when he came back, he was That's out for ages. Confidence. Come back and thought things have moved on a bit. He wasn't as sharp. I think his confidence had been affected and. It kind of it was obviously a mistake to to let him leave in the way that we did. So um, yeah, I'd, I'd love to have him back. Yeah, I mean, moving away from transfers, one thing that I don't like when people. I mean, it's a legitimate question, but I just feel everybody's quick to question Arteta's man management, especially when you know Saliba's been on loan. What happened with Abamian? What have you made of his man management? Because I feel he's actually shown good man management. There's been times where, quite frankly, Tavares, for example, should have been dropped. And he's played the next week and somewhat repaid the faith, really and truly. Mm. So what have you made of Arteta's man management? It's a good question. Um, I think with the players that that he likes and the players that, that, that play every week, there's a very good relationship. There's a strong bond between manager and player. And I think that's really, really important. Thanks. He's ruthless. I mean, we've seen that. Very. <laughs> um, but I, I don't think that's necessarily a bad, a bad trait. Because if you if you've got to toe the line, I think discipline is yeah, important. Yeah. It is it is really important. You've got to be together. You've, I think there's always room for the odd ma- maverick that you can treat a little bit differently. I, we saw it at Man United with the Cantona years and, and various players. I think you always have to have a little bit of leeway. Yeah, with real talents where you you give them a little bit of extra rope, but in general you've got you've got to keep everyone you know tight and, and on the same page. And um, yeah, he's shown that he's not afraid to make tough decisions. I don't think that's a problem. I don't think man management is an issue. Um, I think, from my experience, when managers decide they don't like you or don't want you anymore, they're cold. It happens. Like, I don't like it. I didn't like no, being on the be. receiving end of it. No one does. But it's kind of something that that happens. You know. You can probably compare to to someone like Jurgen Klopp, and he's a you know friendly guy. Looks like everyone loves him, but there'll be players at Liverpool that Jurgen Klopp have absolutely blanked and got rid of. Ruthlessly. You don't get to that level with just being everyone's friend and everyone's whatever, especially exactly. when everything's on the line in football. My, my thing about my, my one concern or one area that Mikel Arteta needs to improve on is is obvious, really, and that's his in-game management. Yeah. Um, yeah. When things go wrong or when things don't go to plan, this Arsenal team last season didn't turn it around. I Just mean, the stats, the stats yeah. are damning. Um, from 1-0 down, we won once and we lost 11. Um, no draws. I think we scored three goals from 1-0 down in those 12 matches and, and we conceded 25. So when wow. we concede first... It's been a big, big problem to turn it around, and and I think it's a, a, a an integral part of a manager's job to to be able to tweak things to change the course of a match, whether it's via substitution, something tactically, or whatnot, or giving the players obviously belief to to to, to change things around. So it's not all on the manager; the players have to take a big responsibility for that. But but that's that's something obvious that I think that that he will be looking to improve on next season because. You've got to be able to turn, you know, difficult situations into positives. And we really struggled on that regard. Had we just turned, you know, one one of those difficult Yeah, where would we be literally in the yeah. Europe elite? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, 
if you go behind, it's not a disaster. You've just got to be able to regroup or if tactically the other team are on top, of, mistakes, on top yeah. of you. Tactically, they're sort of imposing their game on us and causing us problems. You've got to be able to react, fix it, and 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 yeah, be able to change the match into a positive. So yeah, that's what we need to do better next season. You mentioned it, and I don't think it's just on the manager, as you said as well. Why is that though? Because I mean, I could throw some things out there. It is age? It is mm-hmm. as you said, the game plan not going to plan. Yeah. But is it? What is it? Is it resilience with the players? Is it forgiving yourselves for making mistakes? Because as much as Liverpool and City batter teams week in week out, City won the won the league coming back from two 0 down uh, in the same game. We're the same time Liverpool playing against Wolves. So even when we when we lost to City, they actually had to come from behind. They had two games that week in Europe as well. So yeah. what is it down to? Is it down to the players? Because is it it's, down to the manager? What What is the lack of resilience potentially down to? Yeah, now? well, I've, I've, yeah, I've sort of covered off the manager's part in that. I think he's got to be able to see things and, and, and make those tweaks and changes yeah. at the right times to, to affect matches. And I'm sure he'll get much better at that because he's still a rookie, really, in managerial terms. Um, still a baby in managerial yeah, terms. Yeah. Um, times ahead of him. I think it's obviously mentality is a sort of magic word in football. Liverpool, yeah. Klopp calls his team mentality monsters or whatever. It is that. It's it's having the ability to park disappointment. You can have, every team has a bad half. Amen. Every team has a bad 20 minutes. You've got to be able to sort of let it go and but and trust yourself to and your football to out, come yeah. through. Not let that bad half, bad 20 minutes, bad 10 minutes impact you for the rest of the game and it, and, and affect your confidence. Definitely a little bit of immaturity, and that's obvious yeah. with the young players that we've got. Um, lack of maybe on-pitch leaders that are getting the team, you know, galvanised and sort of putting these messages that I'm saying to you across. Um, yeah, it's and, and maybe it requires the coaching staff as well to to maybe back off a little bit. I don't know. I'm, I, I, I'm not saying this as a criticism, but sometimes. If you've had a bad half, maybe don't focus on on that too much. And I'm not saying that that's been happening, but sometimes the best thing to do is say, right, that's gone. This is what we're going to do moving forward. And you lot are brilliant at this and brilliant at that. And we can hurt this team in this way, that way um, during the second 45. I think, you know, filling the players with with, with confidence is, is is a big thing. So, yeah, I think it comes with experience, definitely. And, yeah, it's letting go of disappointments would be the area that I think we can really improve on. And that would go for the coaching staff and the players. It's a joint thing, really. You can't, you can't let a setback ruin your entire game. You just yeah. can't. I would say that as well. And I don't know how you do it. But again, just on top of that, I just feel when we've been in those scenarios away from home, even when we've lost, I've always felt like we could get something away from it. Admittedly, away from home now, I haven't had that. So I, I don't know if you have to kind of accept the Premier League for all it is and the noise and the 12th man. But I would say th- to go with that as well, really. Yeah. Well, you've got to be, yeah, you play for Arsenal. You, There's going to be a way you're, ex- you're expected to win and you've got, you've got to have broad shoulders and handle that pressure and handle those atmospheres. I don't think that's an issue, the away atmospheres. I just think it's, yeah, you just need a little bit more mental strength moving forwards and, uh, yeah, maybe get some more players into the building, into the team that have won things. Kind of been there, done it, yeah. I think so. I think that I think that does matter. A lot of clubs, they you know, when they look identifying players in the transfer market, they look at what they've won and promotions and successes. 
And I think that is a really important thing to identify, to be honest. You're right. Um, I kind of didn't say it at the start, but we've kind of indirectly touched on it. Now, as you said, we would have taken fifth in August. There's a lot of progress to be made. But if we focus just on the missed opportunity, allegedly, of top four, where would you pinpoint it? Would you say it's the tail end of the season and not reacting? Would you say ultimately it's the start of the season with what happened at the start? Would you say it's January with not bringing in a striker, not finding a resolution, actually letting the Ainsley maitland Nows, Callum Chambers, people of this ilk that in large parts are not going to be part of this season but they could have done done a job sort of thing where would you put it down to if you had to find a period I know it's difficult I think January I think yeah I think we let two play too many players go <laughs> maybe too many players go out on loan as well because you know as you rightly point out guys like Ainsley could have been pretty handy for us towards you know the second half of that season um but yeah we left ourselves too light didn't we in a, in a number of positions up front especially um, it was asking a lot, wasn't it? I think it was asking too much, basically, of, of our attacking midfielder, Saka, Smith Rowe, really. Martelli, to carry us to the Champions League. And yeah, they couldn't keep scoring the goals, unfortunately. And I, I don't think that's a crime by them. I think we just needed more, more forwards. We needed more midfielders available. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, so many injuries. Injuries hurt us massively. The reason we're not in the top four. It's because in, injuries to keep like injuries to Partey and Tierney in particular just came at absolutely the wrong time. White as well. Um, so uh, Tommy Asu clearly. You know, you look at look at the win ratios and the goals conceded Amen. with them and without them, it's pretty clear that what a difference they make. So yeah, we left ourselves too thin. I think I think that is pretty much it. I don't I don't think yeah, we did that much wrong, apart from the stuff that we've touched on. Areas to improve, obviously. But the, the crux of it was was having too small a squad for the second half of the season. And um, yeah, now that we're in Europe next season, we have to we have to bulk up the numbers, don't we? And uh, yeah, and get, get more competition for places in, in, into that squad. You mentioned it and kind of my last two questions for you. So first would obviously be, you know, what is the plan for next season? Because again, for me, we finished fifth. We should be trying to get fifth and do better than that, really, top four. Obviously, the Cups want to go as far as you can, yeah. keep seeing progress. So what would the, what would it be for next season? Yeah, definitely a, a trophy. Um, yeah, win a cup, League Cup, FA Cup, Europa League, <laughs> Conference League if we drop into it, but hopefully that doesn't happen. Um, yeah, win a, win a cup. This is what Arsenal are all about. You've got to be in it to win trophies. We're not going to win the title. You know, forget that. Yeah. But win, win a trophy, that's number one. Well, I put it as a joint number one objective with, with obviously a top four finish. Um, what's progress from fifth? It's fourth or, fifth yeah. or third, isn't it? Um, I don't think fifth next season would represent progress. So, yeah, we need to get over 70 points. We need to score a lot more goals. We need to concede fewer goals. <laughs> and and, uh, and and we need to lose fewer matches. I mean, losing 13 Premier League matches is way too many. It's crazy. We need, we need to be knocking that down to seven or eight max. Um, that, that Those are the challenges, I think, for the team. Um, yeah, and I think we're capable. I do. I, I think we're capable of winning a cup. I think we're capable of finishing top four. Um, but we've got to do the right business yeah. this summer to because that the, the group of players we ended the season with were at their max. I don't think that they're Almost capable of performing really. Yeah. yeah, so so we need to supplement that group with I don't know four, five, or six new faces 
and um, and and go again. So um, yeah, it's, I'm excited. I'm, I really am. I think that the team is heading in the right direction, hundred percent. But um, now is the time. I thought January was the time to really sort of push the boat out. Yeah, and go yeah. for because the door was ajar for Champions League. We had no right Europe. There. Yeah, it was the time I think to go for it rather than hold back. We held back. It was turned out to be pretty a mistake. Now, now is the time to go for it because other teams will, will really strengthen. So we, we we can't be left behind. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully the club will invest and uh, and we'll pick the right players. You mentioned three to six players there. I'm not going to obviously ask you mm. for names necessarily, but what areas I'll help you out a bit? Clearly, midfield, central midfield. We've been linked with Telemans. Clearly, a number nine or almost two nines, as you said. Yeah. So that's about three. Yeah, yeah, the, they're the three. Um, I think we need a better cover. Uh, left back, I think that, and uh, according to reports, that's you know we're being linked with players. I think we need a an, one more winger would be nice. So probably more of a natural left-sided winger would be a bonus. We don't need it because we've got Martinelli, Smith Rowe, etc. But someone to go around on the outside on the on the left would be nice. But I don't think that that will be a priority. Uh, obviously, pretty a goalkeeper's coming in. We know that um, for, for Leno. Um, and yeah, I think if providing Saliba stays, we're probably all right at centre half. So yeah, for for me, two centre forwards, left back cover, um, and probably two midfielders, one box to box, and uh, and one that's that's sort of a jack of all trades. I would, I would imagine just someone to to compete um, with the other guys. So yeah, I think that's that that's where I'll be looking. What about yourself? Are you are you in alignment? I'm in alignment with you, man. I think clearly every Arsenal fan up front midfield needs to be done. I'm like you, you know, I'm a Sunday league fullback. So I want to see a left back of that that I think is suitable. If you could do it, it's not really a push, but if you could upgrade on Cedric or someone to compete with Tommy Asu, then why not? Well, what you could have there is White and, or Saliba. Can they, yeah, White could go over there as well. Both are in the squad. That. Yeah, yeah. So, so you could save money in that regard. You're right. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm literally the same areas with you. I think it's quite obvious where Arsenal need to improve. For me, the big one would be if I had to a striker. But where do you look at it? There's no point that you could have um, Ronaldo up front if you haven't really got midfielders. You could create. You're not really there. So, I don't know if I would prefer a midfielder or a striker if it came down to it. Really. Yeah, I don't think it's the creativity that's an issue. I think it's that solid control in midfield. Yeah. yeah. Strength. Alongside Partey, but strength, but also energy, mobility, that kind of, you know, these are the qualities that we're looking for because we, I think Arteta wants us to be, wants us to be a bit like Manchester City, doesn't he, in terms of ferocious when we're winning the ball back and then really fluid when when we've got the ball. Um, I don't think we've quite got the players at the moment to be uh, sensational off the ball. Um, but 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 that will come. I think we need real legs, you know, legs, enterprise, box to box, midfielder. Um, yeah, there the, are. The, the, I mean, there's a big wish list. Every every fans yeah, every like club a Christmas has a huge, huge wish list. But the bottom line is, we we hundred percent need one or two more strikers in my mind too, um, and 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 a and a box to box midfielder. Beyond that, I suppose everything's sort of um, you know tweaks here and there. 
I mean, you kind of said it, man. You said it with the strikers. Arteta said it himself. We need to get 80, 90 to 100 goals, respectfully, to the yes. players we have. We need mm. to supplement that with additions. My real last question for you, in fact, it's almost three questions in one or two, depending on how you look at it. Mm. What do you make of Mikel Arteta's new deal and the timing of it? And who would you say is your player of the season slash most improved player of the season? Uh, the timing, I, I got the deal. I understand, understand why the men's team and the women's team both go doing well. The board trust them. Made sense. And it, yeah. it was ahead of head of a pivotal period, wasn't it, for both clubs? And I think they wanted to just give everyone a boost. It didn't work because we didn't <laughs> yeah. qualify for top four. The, the women didn't didn't win the title. But that's not to say it was a bad thing. I think it's good to have stability. It's good to say, like, this is our manager. We trust him. You know, you now go out and do the business. So I've got no issue with that. It's a big season for Mikel Arteta. Massive um, season. Yeah, it's a huge season because. We've grown as a team, we've developed, and we have to do that again. And if we don't, then then you know that that won't reflect well. So, so yeah, it's a big big year ahead for him. True. Um, what was the other question? <laughs> your most improved player of the season and your player of the season. Yeah, oh, let's think. Uh, player of the season, Bukayo Saka. I mean, it can't yeah, not be yeah, anyone. It can't not I was be. about I to mean, say I, I would exclude Saka most, because it's not really fair. But most goals, you know, most sort of chances created. There was a stat I did on the breakdown special. I don't know if you've seen it yet. Um, it's up on Arsenal's website. Go and check um, that out, people. Yeah, so, yeah, check that one out. Bukayo Saka had the second most touches inside the opposition box of any player in the Premier League last wow. season. See, I wouldn't yeah. have said that. The I only player Arsenal, who had wow. more touches. Do you know the only player who had more? I can't guess. You know, who was Ronaldo. the player of the year? Oh, gosh, Mo- yeah. Mo- yeah, Mo yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mo, Mo Salah, Salah, yeah. He frightens defenders. They like, wow. backpedal. They, he, he, he gets into the box. He does his thing. But Kyle Saka had the second most, which shows you the respect he's got there. from other defense, other defenders. Shows you the penetration he's got, the power, the pace. Um, he's 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 mustard. He really is. He's he's a wow. great player. Um, so that's great. Contract sorted, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Most improved. Ooh, I, th- I think that's a really difficult one. I'd probably go. I'd probably go with Emil Smith Rowe, even though he tailed off toward, towards the end, and um, because I think at the start of the season we weren't sure was he is he going to be a first team regular? Is he going to be good enough to shine in the Premier League or not? I think we got our answers, didn't we? He is easily good enough to be a first team at Arsenal. He can make the difference. Now. He plays for England now. He's. I think he's. Yeah, if we can sort of just park that sort of you know indifferent spell towards the end. Look at him as a whole. We've got ourselves a really good player there, and but but what he will need to do is is start the season well, won't he? Just to remind yeah. us what you know what a good player he is. World Cup year as well. Remind the manager. World. Yeah, so I would say I would say him, but but I would, you know a lot of players did get better. Eddie and Ketty are obviously towards the I'd end. Give there. it to him. Show, show I, I didn't have this expectation of you. I would I wouldn't have predicted. Not that I didn't rate rate Eddie, but I didn't. Yeah, I thought he was no, better. No one than... saw this. Yeah, I think no, he was better he, than you're right. Said himself, like he needs to take his chances, and I mean, he's he's taking it. I think Eddie shows what you can do if you. It's difficult to give people opportunities, and obviously, a byproduct was obviously what happened with Abamian Lacazette's loss of form, failure to bring in a striker. But it mm. shows what can happen if you just get a run of starts. It's difficult when you're getting thirty seconds or a minute, and he's earned that. Like I feel, he was very good against uh, West Ham away, even though yeah. he was snatching at chances. So yeah, I gave him man of the match that day. Yeah, yeah so he did well. I, I kind of like, real, real last question, Martinelli. How has mm. he done this season for you? 
I, I was a li- I think he was he's one that stagnated. If, if I'm being honest, he had some great periods. That period, I think the game against Leeds, he was sensational, wasn't he? Finishing them games, uh, and he showed what he's about. I want more goals from Gabriel Martinelli. I think a little bit like Erdegaard, they should be looking at ten goals minimum a season, really. And and both were sure, even though Erdegaard had a really good season. I think Erdegaard needs over ten goals, over ten assists. That should be that's minimum, yeah. Not too much to ask for Martinelli. Got to be getting over ten, you know, ten to twenty really for him. Um, I still don't know what his best position is. I, I still <laughs> where he's more leaning towards. I want to see him down the middle more. Same. I, I think yeah. he's a striker, really. Like... When he first came to the club, his finishing was unreal down the middle. Um, but but I think that Mikel wants more from his centre forward. He wants him yeah, to link play. Can't quite do it at the moment. Yeah, it's gonna coming in off the left. I just think he spends too much time. Not it's not his fault. Gabriel Marcelli spends too much time on the wing. Yeah, I, I, for me, Martinelli needs to be in the box, making that's, things happen. That's where, yeah, that's where that's where he does the damage. So, um, yeah, he, I like him. He's exciting. But but we want more goals and um, yeah it's a, it's a big season for him. Um, I, I, he's not a kid anymore, so to speak. So yeah. there'll be an expectation that he plays more and scores more. So yeah, I, I really hope it happens. Um, but if he plays, it means that probably Smith Rowe doesn't. And uh, yeah, so yeah, it, it, it swings and roundabouts, isn't it? Like you said, swings and roundabouts. And I'm happy, man, because a, a bunch of these players can play in multiple roles. Obviously, while they're all still young and developing, I know yeah. Saka and Smith, as we've been speaking about, have kind of done it for the large part of the season, especially Saka. But I think it's unfair. When other people drop off, other people should kind of take charge. And even the squad players, there's been times Cedric, Tavares, Rob Holding, mm-hmm. all of these guys, even Leno in the one game he played recently, they've all stepped up. And that's what you need as a team. I mean, I know Origi's a, a cult hero at Liverpool, but it's not like he started in every game they'd look at him differently you know he comes in and does a job so I, I, I'm I'm comfortable I think Arsenal fans have arts for competition and quality in places and you know we want to see it go a long way but I think we're in a good trajectory we've done all right it was a disappointing season on some parts optimism on others and let's just you know try and mitigate against the bad things enhance the good things and hopefully this time next year we're sitting here talking about Champions League mate <laughs> well, that's what the summer's about looking forward like don't Let's not look back too much. We've done that on today's show. Let's look forward and 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 just yeah, improve the bits that that, that we didn't do so well, and and just yeah, get stronger, get big, get better, stronger, harder, faster, stronger, fitter. You know, all of these things will help us um, get get ourselves back into the top four and hopefully win a trophy Amen. as well. Because you know, this is this is Arsenal. We're we're in it to win things, aren't we? And I think that's really really important. It's not just about top four, in my opinion. I want to see us really travel a long way in the cup competitions next season. You're not alone in that because especially as we've got a young team, the best thing you can do is start to win these little trophies and create a winning mentality like what we kind of completely different squad, but some of them are there when Arteta initially won the FA Cup and to a degree Community Shield. Very quickly on that, Mikel Arteta won the FA Cup and it's given him you know great credibility, but he did it in an empty stadium. He did it with no fans there. Oh, that's I a think, good point. I think that to... to it's about sharing special moments between yeah, the fans and, great the, memories. and the manager as well. Exactly. And I think that Mikel would love, I think, to 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 win something with the fans there. To, because that you, you really don't forget that. I think the cup final win, in a way, gets forgotten because, because none of, of us moment, were there. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah you're right. Something, yeah, we, I something we had it. to watch on TV. 
It was a little bit soulless. It was a great win, you know, fantastic achievement, but it didn't, you know, yeah, it's not something I think that will live long in the memory. So I think we're looking for moments now. We want big wins at Emirates Stadium, maybe a big win at Anfield, a big win at the Etihad, Old Trafford, something like that would be great next season. And also to to win a trophy. Then I think, I think you know everyone will really get behind him and him and the team moving forward. So I think in general they are, but there are still one or two that aren't sure. I think if we produce those moments, they'll join. They'll, they'll join in. That's it, man. You're right, man. I just like you said. There's you know at times on our worst of days we're a mixed bag. On our best of days we're really good. We're quite volatile. So just about I guess ultimately a theme that I keep saying in the back of my head from everything we've been speaking about has been consistency, man. Adrian, this has been a pleasure as it was last year. I hope to do this again with you. Thank you very much for giving me your time. People, please make sure you check out the breakdown on arsenal.com, which Adrian does a great job of doing and follow him on all his socials. All the info will be in the description when this is out, which obviously you're listening to it, so it must be out at this moment. Again, Adrian, take care of yourself. Thank you very much for being here with me, man. Appreciate it. No worries, mate. Yeah, no, been a pleasure, mate. Peace out, man. Because the joy is that I can recognize the friendly I've been given like